It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to Gina Gardner and Friends. I am very pleased today to be able to introduce my good friend, Vitali Depakista. She's an amazing lady. She's been vegan since 2012, and she helps vegan influencers and entrepreneurs put their mission and message on the map, together changing the world one book at a time. Now, our theme today is all about money. Now, ask yourself, what's your attitude and your belief about money? Do you see it as the fount of all evil or something that you desperately want and you haven't got enough of? Or are you comfortable with the principle that money is just energy and it's not good or bad? It simply is what you do with it that counts. So, Matali, thank you very much for joining us today. Before we get on to the whole issue of money, talk us through your story. How have you come to be such an influencer? What made you turn to be a vegan? We'd love to know more about you. Thank you for having me, Gina. So, oh, um, sure. <laughs> um, well, I've been vegan now since 2012. Um, uh, the, the story is that my family adopted a cat from a rescue shelter back in 2009 um, and we've always been a family that didn't really have pets I didn't have pets growing up I do remember having a couple of budgies but um, now it makes me feel quite ill as a vegan that you know we had budgies in cages I wouldn't dream of putting a bird or anything into a cage really um, but obviously back then I had no idea um, but they weren't really what I'd call family pets they were sadly now looking back uh, they were decorative for decorative purposes we never really had a pet that wandered around the house and was like part of the family until Isha came into our lives in 2009 um I remember being vehemently against having a cat in the household I just thought great there's going to be fur everywhere that's not what I want in this house 
Um, but my younger sister was at school at the time. She really, really wanted a cat. So we relented and said, okay, let's let's go with this. And within a few weeks, I was just watching this little ball of fluff have so much sentience than I thought animals could have. You know, she was very aware of the different characters within the family. She was aware of who was having a good day, who was having a bad day, who needed her the most that day. And then the horrifying realization that cats don't even make it into the top 20 of most intelligent animals in the world. And we eat some of the most intelligent animals that make it to the top 20. Um, so then that started this process of me realizing that I just can't do what I'm doing. I think that happens to all of us. I mean, I'm not just talking about veganism. I'm talking about any kind of wrongdoing that we're doing. A lot of the times when we're, when we're doing something wrong, we're not even aware of it. Maybe I'm being naive here, but I genuinely believe the average human being out there doesn't sit there trying to cause pain and suffering to other human beings or other living things. It's not something that they're aware of, but then something happens that creates an awakening and then they look back and go, oh, this is wrong. What I've been doing is wrong. I even think of things like, you know, I remember not very long ago, just a few years ago, while getting a plastic bag when you went to went shopping. It was the dumb thing, wasn't it? <laughs> there was nothing wrong with that. So of course you'd give me a plastic bag. How am I meant to take these things home? But now I'd be horrified. I'm horrified when people offer it to me. I was like, no, don't offer me a plastic bag. Well, I was just in London over the weekend and I was just given a plastic spoon to go with my cheesecake. I've got a vegan cheesecake. And I, was just, and I was just like, no, no, don't give, I don't want a plastic spoon. But then a few years ago, I would have gladly taken that plastic spoon, you know, whereas now I carry a little bundle of cutlery in my handbag with me. And I always carry a couple of cloth bags with me for shopping. But you just don't really, does that mean that I was evil 10 years ago when I was accepting plastic bags and plastic forks and, and spoons? Of course not, I just didn't have the awareness. So that's all it was. It was an awareness that happened to me. And then once you have the awareness, you can't go back then. It, it's interesting. Know. It's because awareness is the first stage of any change, isn't it? Until 100%. you are at a, thinking at a conscious level, you have no opportunity to change anything. And that's true of, of anything in life. And one of the things that strikes me is as we move um through the times of the moment is more and more people are becoming conscious of the consequences of their actions, whatever those actions may be. And whether we're talking about veganism or we're talking about caring for the environment, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, we have to think consciously, mindfully about what we're doing. I 100% agree with you. And it's interesting that I got into veganism um, because of animal sentience and, and realizing that they know a lot more than we like to believe they do. And that is what allows us to carry on doing what we do to them. Um, but on my journey, it's now been over 10 years, um, the realization that being vegan dramatically reduces my carbon footprint. So therefore, I'm having a, a, a much lower impact. But I'm still learning. And this is why I'm very... Um, I'm very empathetic to non-vegans. I, I know some vegans can be quite angry and not want to get angry at non-vegans because they don't understand what they're doing. Um, whereas I'm far more empathetic because I just think, well, 
unless you're born a vegan, then you've gone through the process yourself, you know? So you just have to understand that somebody isn't at that level of awareness yet and, and making them feel bad it's not, it's not, no human being ever on the history of the planet was shamed into changing their ways. That just doesn't work. You know, people are inspired into changing. So, you know, if you're talking down to someone and making them feel stupid or evil for doing what they do, bearing in mind they don't really know what they're doing, so not doing it on purpose, you're going to have the opposite effect. So, yeah, it's been, um, it's been a journey. It's, and I'm still learning now. I just had a a new website created earlier this year. I had no idea that there was such a thing as sustainable websites. And it took a, a wonderful design company who they're vegan and they're an ethical and sustainable web design company themselves. And they create websites in such a way that the average website usually emits anywhere between two to four um, um, grams of carbon dioxide per page. But mine only emits 0.29, which is a fraction. And so there, there you go. I'm always learning. My awareness is always growing, you know, and it's always an understanding that you will never be perfect. You'll keep on making mistakes. But really, it's all about what you do after the fact. That is, to me, I judge people on that one and one and only thing is once you gain awareness, what do you do? If you then decide, I'm just going to bury my head in the sand, I'm not somebody who's going to get along with you because... I can't be with around somebody who has gained some kind of awareness and then chooses nothing. He chooses to do nothing with it. You know, it's what you do with it that counts. We're going to go off to a short break at the moment. When we come back, I'd like us to start exploring people's attitude to money. Yes. So don't go away. While we are on a break, have a think about what beliefs do you have about money? Think about when you were brought up how your parents um, talked about money. You know, were you short of money? Did they talk about money being the, the source of all evil? Money doesn't grow on trees. But we'll see it in a couple of minutes. Um, don't go away. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school and graduate debt-free. That education helped me get to the first day of my career a job that I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from my service helped me buy my first home. And I take pride knowing I will be the first to respond if my community ever needs me. To learn more, visit nationalguard.com. Welcome back. I ask you to think about your attitude, your beliefs about money, because ultimately our beliefs create our reality. So, Vitaly, what do you think about money and why do you think that you that having an opinion around money in a particular way is so important well Gina I believe that your mindset your money mindset really dictates how well you do in all aspects not just how well you do financially but the impact you make it's quite interesting that um since becoming the vegan publisher rebranding as someone who works with, I don't just work with vegan entrepreneurs. I, the vegan publisher is so-called because I'm vegan and my operations are entirely vegan. Yes. So when you spend money with me, you know the money is going 
to it's not going to go to things like animal agriculture or deforestation or anything that's unsustainable you know sustainable um but i do actually work with a wide range of people and not all of them are vegan some of them identify themselves as plant-based which means they tend to eat vegan but then they're not vegan in other aspects of their lifestyle. There are also people who, would, who are not vegan at all, but they define themselves as ethical or they're a sustainable business. So I would I work with anybody who really is trying to do some good in the world. I don't judge. I don't sit there and say, well, you're not 100% vegan like me. Therefore, I refuse to work with you. Because I think that's really harsh. We're all on our journey somewhere. And I, just before the break, I told you that I only found out this year that websites can be unsustainable. That means for the past 10 years, I've had unsustainable websites, you know? So I can't judge somebody else when even I'm on my own path of learning and awareness. So uh, like I said before, it's what you do with the information once you have awareness that counts. There's no point beating yourself up about something beforehand. But it's been interesting now that I'm working with this group of people who really do believe in using commerce as a way to create good in the world. Yes. That I'm really beginning to see issues with money mindset. With this particular group of people, I've noticed many of them almost believe that making too much money is bad. It goes against the fact that they're good, whatever good means in their mind. Vegans, especially, I seem to meet a lot of vegan entrepreneurs who think they should be just existing on sunshine and trees or something. And I'm just thinking, no, (laughs) that doesn't work. And I have to have that conversation with them and say, you know, you need to think of money as not a thing. And it's, it's not a good or a bad thing. It's a thing. It literally is a thing. It's a man made thing. So it can't be good or bad. It depends on whose hands it falls into whether it's good or bad and as a vegan or ethical or sustainable or plant-based entrepreneur a business owner that really does believe in doing good whether it's doing good for the animals whether it's doing good for the planet whether it's doing good for other human beings if you truly want to have a business that does has the impact that you want then that coincides with making a lot of money Because the more money you make, the more impact you're having and the more difference you can make. I I know a wonderful lady who announced just a few weeks ago her design agency. She's um, a plant-based design agency and she's been now going for three years, doing very, very well. And because she knows her worth and expects to be paid her worth, she's now been able to build uh, a savings account where she now has nearly six figures in there solely to start doing pro bono design work for charities and nonprofits who can't afford her. That's she wouldn't be able to do that. If she didn't have, if she had this mindset of, oh, I'll just charge what I need to keep me going and pay the bills, she wouldn't have been able to build up the savings account and she wouldn't now be able to make the impact she's going to make with these charities and nonprofits. There's a lot in there that I'd like to unpack. So for me, our attitude towards money, our beliefs about money, um, actually then um, act as the driver for our behaviours. So if you look at how many people are really struggling at the moment, and in the UK, inflation is high, 
uh, and costs are are really uh, a struggle for people to, you know, heating their houses, buying food, buying petrol. For those of you that are in the US at the moment, we're paying something like um, two and a quarter dollars per liter of petrol, um, which is a huge increase. But ultimately, how you approach money and how you handle money in your life is going to make a difference. So I always talk to my clients about good debt, bad debt, for example, that if you are in debt, you are paying interest on your money and that is compounded. Whereas if you invest in yourself in order for you to be better qualified, better experienced, so you can earn more, that's a good debt because ultimately there is a payoff that's going to make a difference. But as you say, Money's not good or bad. It is entirely what you do with it. And for me, one of the things, and I work a lot with entrepreneurs and therapists and leaders, is getting across the idea that ultimately, high-end earnings give you the choice to make a bigger difference. If you choose to spend your money on stuff, on wanting to just fill your wardrobe with clothes you're never going to wear or to have um, uh, things which overtly you feel make you um, a better person than somebody else. I want the biggest house and the biggest car and, and flashy jewellery and so on. Then that's one way you can use your money. But if you then use your money as your, um, your, your client is doing, that you are providing pro bono support to help other people get into business in a profitable way, then that seems to me that you are using the energy of money in an incredibly positive way. I love the fact they use the term energy and that's what it is. Energy also isn't good or bad or good or evil. It just is. It's just it just flows. It's it's how you move it and whether you move it in a positive or a negative way. And that's exactly what money is. I've always said that you can't to be able to do good. On a on a large scale comes from a place of privilege. OK, yes. why do we have so many British people, for example, who are working for the Red Cross and they're, they're going into war-torn countries and helping. How come you don't see that many people from second world countries, for example? Is it because people in second world countries are just not as nice as people in first world countries? Well, we know that isn't the case. Yes. It's because they're in a second world country. So they're, they're trying to, str they're struggling just to keep a roof over their heads and make sure their families, that is their activism, just keeping their family alive and, and looking after them. That is all they can do. So you can't judge them. They, to be able to do good, you have to come from a place of where you're already comfortable. So I will say to every one of my clients, you need to be in a place, you need to be charging the kind of money where you no longer have to worry about things like bills. You don't have to worry about your financial stability. You don't have to worry about things like your children going off to college and whether you're going to fund, how you're going to be able to fund them or not. It's very difficult to be there for other humans, for the planet, for animals. It's very difficult to do that 
when in the back of the mind you're always thinking oh but I've got this I need to do I need to look after this member of my family etc etc it's it is all about having the mindset of saying I am worth what what I say I want to charge not what somebody else thinks I should charge but what I say I should charge for me I think it's so important that you are giving value for money but one of the things that strikes me, and, and it may be seen as to be, be in a bit of contradiction to, to you, is if you look at the number of people who, who do great things, they help charities that they, they give to charity or they go and work uh, giving their time uh, and their energy and their expertise to charities, that very often it's people who have very little who will give something of themselves in order to help others for me the issue is a matter of scale so yes. anybody can do good in the world anybody can be kind and it can be as simple as a smile or helping somebody carry their shopping bags but if you want to make an impact and you know you talk and work with world influencers then it is absolutely vital that you have the money to be able to afford the infrastructure to do things on a bigger scale. 100%, I'm glad you clarified that. And that's why I said, if you want to make the biggest impact with your business, and that's what I mean. I, I'm not saying that, you know, from a, I mean, you can just go and help somebody cross the road. That doesn't cost you anything. Being kind doesn't cost you anything. But I'm talking about if you have a business and your business is geared towards doing some sort of good which most businesses are, if you think about it, you know, you don't have to be a vegan or a, a sustainable or ethical entrepreneur. You could just run a, a law firm, for example. But if you're helping people get justice, you're helping them. Absolutely. So think about how you can make the biggest impact by growing your business as big as possible. And then, like I said, you can probably do things like pro bono work for people who can't afford good lawyers. And you are, you go into work every single day with that ease of mind that comes from, I'm financially stable. I don't have to worry about my family. That part, my first duty is done. Yes. Therefore, I can now, I am now in a position to look at how to look after other human beings, to look after the planet, look after other beings, animals. But that comes from a place of you being comfortable enough because your first duty has and must be you and your family. Yes. Because if you and your family are not doing well, you're no good to anybody then. You're certainly no good to any animals on the planet. So that, that's why I always say, you know, it, it doesn't need to be this and or situations like I'm doing good or I'm looking after myself. It's like, no, by looking after yourself and your family, you can do more good. We're going to just go for another quick break. It, we've got lots to talk about still, and the time is going very quickly. So <laughs> please don't go away. We're going to continue the conversation um, after a very short break. Are you or a loved one struggling with addiction? Rancho Milagro Recovery is an accredited drug and alcohol addiction recovery program treating the whole person through their lifelong recovery process. Our process incorporates both medication-assisted treatment and psychological therapy to help all aspects of an individual's mind, body, and spirit. Our lavish accommodation sits on 60 acres of outdoor greatness where your privacy and discretion is our utmost concern. Find lasting recovery and walk away from addiction one step at a time. RanchoMilagroRecovery.com Parents, did you know we all hold the key to raising confident, caring children? All we have to do is unlock the power of praise. 
Catching kids being good is at the heart of every parenting strategy you'll find at boystown.org parenting. Whether you're a parent, grandparent, or guardian of a toddler, teen, or someone in between, we've got parenting guides, articles, videos, quick tips, and even live parent talks on Facebook with Boys Town experts. So we're constantly investing in praising children and finding those opportunities. And it really helps them to have that self-affirmation and that positive thinking. And then that really reduces their negative behavior. The answer to discipline is praise. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> Who would have thought it? Visit boystown.org praise to receive your 10 ways to praise magnet. It's a great reminder to catch them being good and that great parenting advice is just a click away. Welcome back. One of the things I'd like to explore in the last few minutes of the show is that you talk about um, helping influencers uh, one book at a time. Where does the book come in and how do you help them? I'm glad you asked me that, Gina. So I was a copywriter and a ghostwriter for nearly 10 years. Um, so I wrote all kinds of content, you know, anything business related, I've turned my hand out at some point. So I've written press releases, sales pages, emails, adverts, all kinds of things. And of course, books. Um, and then when I decided I'd like to get into a position where I'm teaching people to write, I was wondering what to specialize in, because I thought, well, if I just say I can help you write anything, that's not really very compelling, is it? No. You know, it's, it's not very compelling. You kind of need to specialize in something and be known for something. So I was umming and ahhing about what do I specialize in? And I was actually thinking about sales pages because I know that is the one that can have the biggest conversion rates. That's the one that really makes money for a, a lot of companies out there. But then I started to, call, I used to just thought I'd, I'd spend a few months interviewing all of my previous clients and just asking them, you know, tell me which piece of content made the biggest difference to your business. And they kept coming back with the book. And I'm not saying you can now just ignore sales pages and adverts. And no, no, no. You know, as a business, you need all of that content paraphernalia. This isn't an and or situation. But the piece of content that my client said made the biggest difference was a book. Because all the other kinds of content, they're quite ephemeral, aren't they? Think about social media and emails and they People, hear and they're they gone. Exactly. They disappear. There's something about books that they last the test of time. And also there is, um, I guess, in the world of the internet now, everyone's a guru. Everyone's an expert. They're not, by the way, unfortunately. Well, they say that. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we only find out when we've paid the money and then realize they don't give us the goods that they promise. But everyone is an expert online. There's something about a published author that makes everyone think that must be a real expert because it takes effort. It doesn't take much effort to create a landing page. It doesn't take a huge amount of effort to fire off a, a series of emails. But creating a book and publishing it to a professional standard takes effort. So instantly there's that respect. And because of that, my clients were able to get huge amounts of visibility on their businesses and brands, which then in turn drove a lot of sales into their business. And then they were able to take it to the next level. So that's why I, and now I work with, you know, a particular very inspiring group of people, which are ethical, sustainable, plant-based or plant-based entrepreneurs 
these people, I, I, they, they have my heart because they're really doing something with commerce to make the world a better place. So why would I not do whatever it takes to bring the masses amounts of visibility and exposure so they can create these huge businesses and they can do exactly what we've been talking about today, which is have financial stability in themselves and start creating ways of helping people who can't afford them. Now, where would people find you if they were interested in having a conversation about how they might um, use your expertise to help them do the same? The best advice, Gina, I would say is go and get my book. So my book is The Freedom Master Plan. And I wrote that after interviewing all of these clients who said the book was the most amazing thing. That intrigued me. And I said, OK, well, tell me what you did with the book. Because as a ghostwriter, you don't see that. Your job is done once you hand over the manuscript and you get paid. That's it. So I didn't see what they did next with their books. And they were wonderful. They just told me everything, every little tip strategy tactic they used and I thought I need to write a book on this because I need people to see what is possible with a non-fiction how-to or self-help or a business style book so I would say the best advice I can give to anybody if you're thinking of writing a book or perhaps you're not even sure you're not sure how a book would fit into your business or brand go and read my book the freedom master plan it's available on Amazon around the world it's on Kindle and paperback whichever you prefer Thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to speak to you again. Um, for those of you who are listening, remember that you can also help people through B1G1 because for every 100 listeners, we give a free meal. If you have uh, questions or you'd like to talk to me about any of the themes that we have in the show or to work with me, then email me at gina, G-I-N-A, at genuinely-you.com. Thanks again for joining me. I look forward to you coming on the next show. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.